The car you drive every day should be fun. But it has to do the boring stuff too, like commute, be affordable, and haul your groceries. You can have both, and we'll help you find it. I'm Todd. I'm Paul. And this is the Everyday Driver Car Debate. Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. You are listening with all three of us in the room. We've got Chance on. It's been uh, actually a little while. As a matter of fact, I don't think I've been on when you've been on. You, you sort haven't. of stepped in to fill the gaps when I've been out. Mm-hmm. But uh, as a matter of fact, I've spent the week in Vegas. Yay. But these mm-hmm. two guys have been at the LA Auto Show all day filling me in, and I've got questions for them. Yeah. I'm sure they have lots of thoughts. And we're sit- we're literally sitting in a hotel room after being at the LA Auto Show all day. We're about to do two days' worth of shooting production stuff for actually early 2017. So we're in yeah. LA, sitting in a hotel room. That's why this isn't going to sound as normal, but we're all... We're all literally crowded around one mic trying to get this done. But we wanted to talk about the auto show. And, I, yeah, I'm curious what's striking you. We've got some good Facebook questions as well. So lots of stuff to talk about for sure. Yeah, we do. Well, I want to jump in, I think, with more of the hybrids and the electrics mm. because this is the LA Auto Show. This is the the market. You know, as mm-hmm. as much as I want to talk about Porsche, we'll get there. There's yeah, some okay. notables yeah. there and yeah, the, the yeah, high-end yeah. stuff. We've even got Facebook questions about what was missing. Mm-hmm. But being that, you know, we sit in traffic so much, Todd and I, well, Chance, everybody's reminded how much traffic is a big deal here. Mm-hmm. And we're mm-hmm. just, you know, very short into our time in L.A. right now, back in L.A., and I'm just, I'm amazed just how yeah. Yeah, yeah. how big a deal it is here. So what was there, I mean, from well, the, the Japanese manufacturers, mm-hmm. the Koreans, or... It's interesting you bring that up for a couple of reasons. First off, we have, and we have a few little snippet videos we're going to put on Facebook about this. Our, our rental car while we're here is a brand new, yes, the ugly one, Toyota Prius. Yes. So we've got a few thoughts on that coming. <laughs> but, but, but honestly, it was good from a touchstone perspective to get out of that car and then go into the LA Auto Show and think about commuters. Because, mm-hmm, of course, we sat mm-hmm. in stop-and-go traffic in a Prius, which is what it's designed for, let's be honest. So that was the first thing on your mind. When yeah, you entered absolutely. the show, yeah, you absolutely. got out of the Prius, and you were so, walking in. I mean, and and the, one of the first things we walked by was the Elio. The no kidding. The three-wheel yeah. $7,000 commuter. No kidding. Is it still $7,000? 7300 yeah. Really? Yes. Okay, so they managed to Because I was worried down. about that, and I asked the guy that the, wow. one of the guys was there, you know, uh, asking questions, or, or asking for people's questions. I asked him, he was like, 7300 and so they have really? their their fourth, what they're calling uh, P4. It's their fourth prototype. Okay. Uh, and it is the one that they are doing their real production testing on. They have a P5 off to the side, which is their, like, here's the refinements we want to make of this. But the 4, they had a body shell there. You could get in it, which was nice. You could ask them lots of questions. Three-cylinder engine expected to be 84 miles per gallon. It is the tandem seating, like a like okay. a fighter jet. Okay, okay. all right. Tandem seating, and um, surprisingly roomy. It felt. You know what it felt like? It felt like sitting in a big bathtub. It felt. I mean, it, it was surprisingly <laughs> wide. <laughs> so if they're building, they're on P four right now, yeah. And they've got P five, and it was there teasing everybody. It was yeah, P five shell basically. Yeah, it was yeah. essentially. They, so they made some safety changes and some structural uh, differences in it, but I, I, I haven't looked. Detail, All right. But... My question is, are they selling cars now at this generation? And if they are, and the P5 is being teased already as a lot of cool refinements coming, what would make any customer buy this generation now? No, the impression that I got is that the P4 is the real, like, serious development mule, and the P5 is the one they'll sell. That's the impression that I got. Now, I'm not okay. fully clear on okay. that, All but right. the P4 is like, the, this really works, this is everything it really does, and the P5 is production-ready kind of feel. 
but it has a five-speed manual available. Which really? I was by. You can yeah. get it with an auto, but it has a five-speed manual available. Some GM switch gear. I saw some gauges that look like they're uh, one generation back FCA. So it's so but plenty of, of off-the-shelf stuff. To, it has to be. Why it has not? To be, of course. Why not? But here's I the was, leftover switch gear. Yeah, this is what keeps stuff, the yeah. price down. But right? I was genuinely impressed by the level of space in it. Was okay. was quite shocking. Okay. And you know, if you're one person, this is the thing I kept thinking about. If you're one person commuting. Why not? Yeah, because sure, you can use the sure. HOV lane by yourself. Because you're technically a motorcycle. Yes, you can use the HOV lane because you're technically mm-hmm. a motorcycle, but it has enough of a shell you don't have to wear a helmet. So you've okay. skirted the line on both sides. And it's not like I'm not wearing a helmet, but I should. You literally don't have to wear and one. And fully enclosed? Yeah. Yes, because it's got full ra- so roof rail. Air conditioner, yes, the whole absolutely. deal. Yep. Okay. Yeah. I mean, do I want one? No. But in this commute environment we're talking about, I can see it make a lot of sense. I mean, very specific, very targeted, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. this is probably the pinnacle of what we're starting out here with is, you know, I just need that thing and you know, 7300 bucks is that was, almost throwaway. That was the biggest just thing a used I mentioned to the guy. Is I said I said the biggest thing you guys have done right is price. Because if it was Twenty yeah. dollars You'd be, be like, you've got to be kidding. If it was twenty grand, you'd go, no. Yeah. Seven? You think, all right, you know. All right, I'll just jump into it, and it's just a, a be- tool for it, getting me to work. And, yeah. and a part of Fine. me thinks it may be odd enough that it will be fun. Just because it's a little on the quirky side, because, you'll just sort of look forward to your drive you could, again? Because you could drive a Prius and do everything we're talking about. Yeah. Have almost yeah. as good a gas mileage you could drive a Prius. Or you're in this, and you if you're a car enthusiast, it's a, it's a manual transmission. Now, you, granted, you could probably get it in the auto. If you're going to commute, you may want the auto. But if you sure, can do HOV lane, sure. you can feel like you're on a motorcycle, but you're not on a motorcycle. I, I wonder if it's quirky enough to be interesting. But it was I was just amazed that they have kept that price. And what kind of powertrain on it again? The three-cylinder, three-cylinder turbo. Yeah. Oh, really? So it is yeah. still gas. I yeah. mean, yep. you think, well... If we go electric, that changes the dynamic of everything about that car, and the price True. shoots through the roof. True. So, manual three cylinder, fine. Yeah, just that, that uses was their, less. That gas. was their whole point. Yeah. It was just eighty four miles to the gallon, mm-hmm. traditional gas, fill it up like normal. And it had yeah. a back seat. We, yeah, we neither one of us sat in it, but it. it I reached my hand back behind there, and it, it, I felt like there was some reasonable room for you know if you wanted to need to take a kid to school or something like that i don't know yeah. if you'd want to mm-hmm. fit an adult at least not with people our height at six three yeah not for a but, not, mm-hmm. and not for a long time either but if yeah. you needed to you could take somebody with you but it was clearly a this is your la you were one person driving 20 miles and it will take you an hour <laughs> and, and he even said that because of the hov rule of being able to put it in the lane they expect California to be one of their biggest markets because oh, you can I would say get in that. So. so that was interesting. And then they also have, yeah. of course, two others that are getting a lot of press. We just stepped out of the Prius. We drove a Prius there. Yep. And here is sitting the Hyundai Iconic. Okay. Which they're talking okay. about getting almost 60 miles to the gallon. I got in it. I climbed in all the seats. I have to say, I if, if I'm looking for a car like that, I'd buy the Iconic over the Prius every day. Well, all, all day long. No, but seriously, I, look. I realize. I realize the bar is set low. That's an easy choice. Ch- chance made the comment. I buy a lawnmower over. I know. A Prius. I know. You I'll would. sit on top of the lawnmower and. I know you run would. my feet alongside it. But but in reality, look the the it felt like a more normal car. Yeah. Normal IP, normal interface, and better seats. 
He's more comfortable. Seats are just better. crucial in what we're talking about. In, mm-hmm. in spending so much time, they're just crucial. And it feels like this short drive in the Prius we just had, they forgot about this part of the equation. Mm-hmm. You spend time commuting. You're saving gas. Great. You've got to be comfortable. I agree. That is agree. just crucial. Yeah. If you're not, then it's just misery, yeah. honestly. Yeah, you, you should have great seats, and that's just not... Yeah, it, it's lower down the list, which is too bad. So that Iconic was interesting. I mean, what other thoughts did you have on the Iconic, James? Yeah, I didn't look at any of the stats, so I didn't look at the gas mileage or any of those kind of claims. But overall, I think it's the size was right. It, it's about the size of the Elantra, and... Yes, that's it. That's it. Okay, and so I'm looking at it, it here. It's a Hyundai's styling right now is is they're nailing it. They're they're pretty well, good looking. I've told you why, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They've, with, they've got good reason with the stack talent they've got on the team, and I agree. Um, and all their stuff looks uniform too. You mm-hmm. know it's a Hyundai instantly. You can tell. So and it and it looks you know here. Like as Chance said, he said it looks better than the Prius, but that is a low bar. That is a low bar <laughs> you, you to get. You can't over, even limbo you know? under that. It's so, so yeah, low. Yeah, but anyway. I mean, I've learned that the the rear clip on these Hyundai's the the corporate mandate is that you shouldn't be able to see the running gear or the chassis underneath that rear Interesting. clip. Huh. Yeah. They want it to just come down and be clean and mm-hmm. and yeah. you know none of the mechanical stuff visible. So, would you say that? meets that requirement then? I mean, yeah. is it... Well, yeah. and here's the thing. Clean. I got into a lot of their lineup. I got into the, the Hyundai G80, which is the big boy. Yeah, their big right. big sedan. And I, and I right. Now, yeah. Exactly. I worked my way all the way down to the Elantra, and I got into at least front seats of everybody, and most of them front seats and back seats. I feel like Hyundai used to struggle with seats. Seats and transmissions are, I feel like, where they've struggled. Now, obviously, when we're driving mm-hmm. these cars. Yeah. Uh, the iconic transmission will be less vital, but... I felt like their seats across the board, their whole lineup has improved, especially back seats. I get mm. in a lot of back seats today, and the back seats were terrible. Front seats might be fine. I'm talking across all brands. I get in the back seats and just be like, this mm. is a terrible bench. I actually yeah. like this car. I, I'm liking the proportions here, and you're right. Mm-hmm. It does look like normal car, mm-hmm. but then, you know, it's just been so fascinating to me for the, the week that I've spent, you know, thinking about the future and, you know, talking about, you know, autonomy mm-hmm. and if we're all in the bubbles and driving around in autonomous cars, what's the point of car styling anymore? I hear you. It's all yeah. going to be about the interior experience. Mm-hmm. And so even though we've got to like what we drive here, I'm just wondering about interiors that struck you guys. And is are, are we starting to see really a lot of focus be on interiors with the advent of autonomy and the democratization of autonomy and mm-hmm. here's where it's going? We've got to make it really engaging and interesting and fun and less of just the big yeah. Tesla screen. That's not going to cut it anymore sometime soon here, too. Interesting point. So yeah. what did you see there that stuck out from well, an interior perspective? Here's what stuck out to me about interior. That's a great question. Here's what stuck, stuck out to me because near the end of the day, I got in the Audi lineup. Okay. All right. And that Always was an interesting. Pleasant. It was an interesting right. counterpoint to something I discovered in brands across the board, and we'll touch on them because I want to go through various types of cars and, and, and this kind of thing, but one of the things I was struck by is how many cars seem to have been less concerned than they should be about material types and feel. And I'm talking across all kinds of price Less points. concerned. Yes, meaning I wish they'd been more concerned. And it wasn't until I sat in Audi and I suddenly went, as, as, as cliche as it sounds, I sat in two or three different Audis and I just thought, 
Somebody went around and just went, what are our materials? Where are they placed? What are you touching? That has to be mm -hmm. nice. I got into all kinds of things where the materials that you regularly saw and regularly touched, and I'm not talking about reach under the seats. I'm talking about door panels, stuff you see all the time. The stuff you bump into. Was hard, nasty, army man plastic with a texture, and I'm talking across lots of price points, lots of brands. I was mm. really surprised and disappointed by that, and it was really struck me even further to sit down into Audi and be like, suddenly I don't have that problem. What are the rest of you doing? Was that uh, by continent makers? of No. No. Or no. was that, you know, some Korean and some Japanese manufacturers got it, other European manufacturers had not a clue or just decided not to pay attention? I'll, and was that price-based? I'll give you one that shocked was it me. just in the high-end stuff that, of course... I found you know, it across the board. Did you really? It varied car-to-car, manufacturer-to-manufacturer. And I'll give you an example that shocked me. You are a huge fan of the F-Pace. Yeah. I was genuinely disappointed by interior materials in the F-Pace. Don't tell me that. I really I don't was. want to hear that. I really was. The exterior is the, beautiful. The exterior is beautiful. The interior design is nice, but the upper door panels, it could have been economy car upper door panel plastic. Really? And there were other plastic choices in places where I just thought, this looks really cool, but it doesn't feel nice. And that disappointed me mm. in the F-Pace. Now, conversely... Next to it is sitting the XE, their 3 Series fighter. Yeah, right, right, right. Better job of your visible, most of the time, touched plastics in the XE than in the F-Pace. And, and there, here's Jaguar, mm. both expensive, high-end, mid-style mid, uh, luxury cars, and yet they right between those two cars there was a difference in plastic qualities. And neither of them were as concerned about it as the Audi. Amazing. I'm still, you know, Audi's still winning here in terms of interiors. Mercedes has really upped their game. Oh, Mercedes in my is, opinion. does a good job. Does a really good job. But yeah. is that just because they're luxury cars? Or, again, back to this, you know, we're all going this direction. It's still a ways out. It's still years away. But it just seems like car manufacturers still aren't really starting to turn the corner towards every interior, every, every car should be useful and stylish creative creative use of materials mm -hmm. beautiful and almost more attention paid to interiors than exteriors nowadays you know who's killing it we though? haven't turned that corner yet you know who's right? killing it? it you will step out of luxury for a second mazda is killing it think so yes what in did you general, like what did you guys in, like about in the Mazda? general about their lineup they're thinking about what is the material how does it feel where is it placed where is it placed mm. both visually? I mean, I felt like I was channeling you today. Where is it placed both visually? <laughs> like, what am I seeing? <laughs> but also, where is it placed from a standpoint of my elbow is going to touch that all the time, or my forearm is going to always brush I'm against that? Bump you know, it and Mazda's doing great now. Their their new CX five was there. Okay, we like the CX five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm telling you, we're going to keep recommending the CX five. The 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 outside is kind of a nip and tuck. The inside is it's it's like. Porsche does with the Panamera, where that interior now is going to clearly there's a, trip there's everywhere a theme, else. They, and this then is we an interior change. The They've changed vent shapes, and the, everything mm -hmm. has changed in the interior style, and it feels even higher end. This is not luxury cars, but even higher end than it did before. And I think that interior is now going to trickle to the rest of the lineup, even though the rest of the lineup interiors are pretty good too. Hmm. Okay. And uh, the question that everybody listening is waiting for was the RF there? It was. They had two RFs. They did. Yes, the RF was there in both gray and, and, red. and red. Chance got a and... before and after photo. Okay. Okay. Of of your me climbing in. 
and me looking at him with a, I may not even be able to post how bad the look is on my it, face. It's, it's a just, pretty shocking face. Don't tell me. Yeah, we can fit in the in the the new ND Miata. Well, just when I sit still. Sorry, what were you gonna say, Chan? I was gonna say here. Here's the thing. It's we can sit in it just fine. We fit uh-huh. in it okay, but the what Todd wants to do is have a car to track. Mm-hmm. And when oh, you yeah. track a car, you need a helmet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when that's where you're there, running into the problem. When I so sit there... It needs the gurney option I can is what feel, you're saying. I yeah. can feel my hair <laughs> compressed against... My, my, my scalp isn't touching the roof, but the top of my hair is touching the roof at all times, which means I... <sighs> You hit a, you hit a, you hit a helmet's pothole. out of the question. You hit a pothole and your head's going to hit the roof. Yeesh. So it means helmet's not going to work. So I got in it and had that terrible moment where I realized either A, we're going to have to do a tall man adjustment to the seat. Yeah. Or B, the, the car's just out, which was really tragic, honestly. The soft but, top being so much thinner and, you know. Well, the soft top fit. is cramped for me too, but I can't feel it at all times. This, and I, I love it. It's beautiful, especially in person. It's gorgeous, but it's, <laughs> I, I'm just too tall. I'm just flat out too tall. Huh. Interestingly, though, we, we went, uh, later we went and sat in the, the 124 Abarth, mm-hmm. the Fiat. Yeah. And we both got in it, and we both kind of looked at, it, at each other and said, I feel like there's more room in this car. We don't know if the seat backs are different. We think we it's thinner We both felt seats. like it, it felt like there was more space. Really? We and think so, they, they put some, and, and we don't have the cars side by, I, it would have to be, it was so subtle, it was one of the things that we'd have to have the cars side by side and jump from one to the other, one to the other to really define. We both felt like there was a little more room in the 124, and that makes me think the seats themselves may be a smaller structure, a thinner, smaller structure. Was the top up on the car? The top it was down. down. It was but down. Just, okay. But just sitting there, it just felt like, why does this cabin feel a little bit bigger? Why is that? That's weird. It was just, and, and we both independently had that thought. I, I was in it before Chance was, and I came back to Chance. He's sitting there in it, and he's looking at me, and I said, what's up? And he goes, do you think this is bigger inside? And I said, I, thought, I wondered that too. So it, it was weird. I'd love to have him back to back to really know. I, I don't know what's really the same going on. interior into a slightly different. No, it's the same metal. car. Same it's, no, it's the yeah. same, same sheet metal. So, so we were trying to think about what could be different here, and we both kind of settled on you could make a smaller seat, you could make a thinner seat structure, and maybe less pull padding. Is it was the Abarth so. version? Maybe so. so. Yeah, I don't know. That was weird, but oh happened. man, I'm so bummed to hear about the the F pace. That that is just a bugger. You know, I, I, I was surprised at some of the material choice. Because you can option that thing out. It's 50 yeah. grand, and you suddenly way you're go way, way up, up yeah. there. And yeah. I'm just, I, I want that feeling of what I, when I see that car, I want the same feeling when I'm sitting in it. Yeah. I sat at it last year in the back seat, but it was still, I thought, all right, kind of pre-production. Mm-hmm. It's still being teased. It's not quite the final one. Yeah. I feel like this year's auto show is... The one, and mm-hmm. you're telling me we no. can't recommend it, or it's just going to be grain of salt. It just, it just wasn't as. Here's, here's the thing. The thing about the F Pace that's always surprised me is the price feels to me like it's about ten grand less than I expected, in a good way. I mean, I'm like, wow, this F Pace is actually kind of like affordable. You're, you're getting now that I've climbed in it, I go, I get it. Uh, Does that make sense? Yeah. It's not bad, but I'm just realizing this is how this is where the money got saved. Is the interior is not quite as nice. Did they have the iPace concept there too? Yes, they, they did. did yeah. Was that just concept not yeah, allowed you in, get it, in it? Kind of it's, and... it's so concept that even though it's getting a lot of press, you know, people, oh, Jaguar is making an SUV uh, Tesla fighter. Jaguar made an SUV Tesla fighting idea. 
<laughs> they have they aren't making yes. this. If, if they yes. make it, then I'll have a long conversation about it. But right now, it's a we made a really cool model. You know what I mean? I mean the wheels move. Sure. Yay us! <laughs> the yeah, wheels you know? turn. Seriously. Yeah, they, <laughs> they had it on this thing. I don't know what how they had it set up, but you pushed a button and the wheels started turning like yeah. all four of them, like it was moving. It was. Oh, it was, it was sitting oh, on a giant LED, LED screen, yeah. and so the LED screen would show terrain passing underneath it, and the wheels would spin. Yay! Yeah. I just, <laughs> but it's a concept. Our three million dollar concept prototype. Yeah. yeah. Thing here. Now, alternatively cool. to the to going back to the F pace, I told Todd this yesterday before we even got to the auto show, and then I think sitting in it today kind of reinforced this. I remembered last year that you spent quite a lot of time looking at the Volvo XC90, and I you did. really liked it. I did. That's... And the more and more I see them, the more and more I like them. Do you really? I do. Yeah. What strikes and you? The, I've never been much of a Volvo fan, but their their current yeah. design and their 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 features yeah. and just their style. They're nice. They're different. And I, I don't know what if there's any one thing. And they're killing it on interiors. Yeah, well, they really and are. And I think they're they doing really a great are. job of being both really nice and yet seeming like a nice alternative. Well, I, I've always thought that they are such a contender for the European cars. I mean, they are, mm -hmm. of course, but... The uh, the German cars, I'll yeah, say. Yeah, absolutely. But there's there's not much of a, I bought this car because it's a BMW. Mm -mm. Yeah. There's not there's much not. of that with Volvo. I bought it because it's a Volvo, and look at all the other cool stuff I got. You're just kind of popping your head up and looking around, and you've had multiple Mercedes and BMWs, and mm -hmm. you're kind of mm -hmm. wondering what else is there, and you go, huh, well, this is a nice alternative, but it's not the hardcore... You know, they do have mm -hmm. racing heritage, they have a lot of that stuff, but it's not the, you know, BMW. I just wanted the BMW, and so I'm looking no, at BMWs because right. yeah. I love BMWs. Yeah. There's not that thread running through a lot of the car ownership, but new customers are finding them and being unbelievably impressed. And so that's why I keep coming back to the car debate, trying to go, let's not run to the usual mm -hmm. suspects mm -hmm. so much. If you're in that world, they had the Polestar versions there, right? Yeah. Yeah, the Polestar version felt to me they had a V60 Polestar, and it's really cool. But based on its interior, I think it's a last gen interior still. Oh, really? The the new big sedan, the Volvo big sedan. Yeah. That one, the new V is it the V90 wagon? Yeah, uh, something that, like that. And yeah. the and the XC90. All of those have got. Forget the interior for a second. All of them just have presence, just real road presence. Yeah. Then you get inside them, and the interiors are awesome. Yeah. So I, I mean, I'm looking at these things, just yeah, they're loving great looking. Them. They're great yeah. looking, absolutely. Yeah, that that Polestar yeah, that's is really the older cool, version, yeah. but it's it it's okay. got a, it's got a generation back in interior, whereas the new V90 and the um, the XC90, those interiors are the latest gen, and they're just they're gorgeous. Wow. Um, one thing we passed over earlier. Wait, you know what? While we're talking XC90, we should have the SUV debate. Okay. Because we bumped into today Volkswagen's big reveal. Yes. The oh, Volkswagen, that thing we built for America that we think Volkswagen Americans are going to buy. Atlas. The Volkswagen Atlas. The Atlas. So it's, it, you walk up to it, and it's very clear. <laughs> you okay there, Jim? <laughs> you walk up to it, and it's very clearly Volkswagen built the Q7. Yeah, it's obvious. But they built very the Q7 obvious. and tried to make it look more like a Jeep Grand Cherokee. Yikes! I've seen photos of Which it. Which is really very odd. And then you get into it, and it feels like every other Volkswagen you've ever sat in. It's the same materials, the same 
nasty leather, the same... Only just, inflated in, but in terms just, of scale, you mean? Good. But it's I, not good. here's the thing. I submit to you, all of those things in all of the other Volkswagens I've been in have never, never bothered me. But something about giving True. them twice as much real estate... And in between was plastic I didn't like. And it, and it makes it more obvious because it's it takes up more space. Oh, here it is. Holy. See, it looks like a Q7 made into a, a Grand Cherokee. It's instantly dated. And Am I wrong? And it's instantly just dated. Here's what's fascinating. I didn't intend this, but I got into essentially all of its competitors today. I just kept getting into okay. other people's seven-seat Large. I got into Large the Acadia, stuff. I got into the CX-9, I got into the Volvo XC90, and I was taking notes all day, right? And you should see these notes. It's... And what's funny is, I kept making the same comment. Get this instead of the, the Volkswagen Atlas. I mean, almost across the board. The, the, the uh, CX-9 from Mazda kicks that in the teeth as far as styling and all of the comfort level and all of the interior materials. And I was shocked by that because I bet you that CX-9 is going to be cheaper. Did it have a price on this thing anywhere? Yeah, I didn't look. I didn't, I didn't see look, one. To be honest. I mean, because sometimes they have that little stand yeah. right yeah, beside I the front left wheel. I didn't see you know. one. No, there wasn't, there wasn't that obvious thing. Now, I'm sure it's out there somewhere, but I didn't, I didn't see it while I was walking. I'm around. just, I'm looking at this thing going, it's a G, no, it's a, I what think is you, that? I think you have to want a, I think you have to want a Volkswagen seven-seater to buy that car. You're not looking for the best seven-seater. You're looking for Volkswagen's version. Said nobody when they were selling the <laughs> Phaeton. I want the biggest car Volkswagen makes. The big you one. You make an interesting point. You make Wait, an interesting point. Oh, yeah. yeah, I guess you sell one, but I guess I might as well get the Audi or the, you know, an American car or something like that. I was surprised at how many competitors, because I, I really wanted to like that. I was surprised at how many competitors I got into, and one of the first things that crossed my mind was, I would put my money here instead of the Atlas. Haven't we been down this road, guys, with the expedition and the excursion mm -hmm. in the early 2000s, yeah. mid-2000s? I mean, the excursion was then deemed, okay, we've crossed the line. Yeah. We jumped the shark. There's too we're many. Too There's big too many. Now. Let's, let's kill one. Yeah. We're, we're now into commercial trucking, so yeah. we might need to <laughs> back it off a little bit. Yeah, and truck. I mean, now you're showing me Volkswagen doing the same thing now, and they're just thinking big. We want well, to just capture thinking, the American market. They're just thinking we have to have a seven seater, and and I have to say, you know, we we make fun of minivans like crazy, for obvious reasons, <laughs> and for okay. good reasons. Yes, because what they aren't is dynamic. But I got in the Chrysler Pacifica today. Okay. The hybrid Chrysler Pacifica. Did the steering squeak and were the seats clicking? Well, that's a separate issue. But <laughs> but here's the thing. Somebody somebody brought up to me at the show once. They made a comment where they said. Why do you guys pick fun cars? If your name is Everyday Driver, shouldn't it be the most usable car? And my response to that is, if what we're concerned about first and foremost is usability, we're all driving minivans. Because well, yeah. they, just, they just win. They just win. And yep. then if we're concerned but, about mileage, we're all driving Prius. You're right. You're right. And you're right. then so, but, but I have to say this about I have to say this about the, the Chrysler. And, of course, the, all the minivans are going this way. I'm just using it as an example. They've become nice places to be, interior quality and look-wise. That Pacifica's got a great-looking interior. The materials feel nice. It's still a minivan. I don't want to go drive it. <laughs> but if you're going to be in a minivan, and these the materials are nice, and the styling starts to look decent in the interior, and the infotainment screen, I just sat there and just kind of went, and you even walked up while I was sitting in there, in it, yeah. Chance. I sat there just thinking, this is a nice interior. Too bad it's in a minivan, but it's a nice interior. Huh. Well... 
And, and then contrast that right. with, the, with the Atlas that I'm sitting in going, Volkswagen is, is, has decided it has to build a seven-seat SUV. And I just thought, honestly, the minivan makes a good case for itself in comparison. Sure, for probably Which far less surprising. money. Which was surprising. Did they put a diesel in the Atlas? Or did they not go I down that road? Know. I don't even know. Well, sticking around with the, uh, the SUVs, guys, oh, sure. I have a lot of questions about the Stelvio and naming a top-heavy SUV after one of the most famous driving roads on the planet. Yes. Here it is in red. We're looking at the pictures right now. It looks, I have to admit, pretty tastefully, pretty well done and pretty restrained and then pretty aggressive from the back end here. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Was now, it there? Did you sit it, in it? It was. You couldn't sit What's in it. What's going on? But I will say, you say top-heavy, it's really not that tall. Oh, really? It's, it's smaller I, than I can, you think it is from yeah, the photos. Yeah, it, it comes the up photos, to maybe my chest. It, the yeah. photos make me think it's Cayenne size, but maybe it's Audi Q5 it's, or it's Macan got those, size. We were talking about this. Yeah. It has those kind of shapes and lines and dimensions, only on a smaller scale. It, it almost looks it's, like it's closer to CX5 in size. Yeah, than is it, it is really? It is. What's interesting though? What's interesting? A couple things. When you look at it, depending upon the angle, the for, I would say from B pillars forward, so from the nose to the B pillar, it's very Cayenne. But from the B pillar yeah. back, styling wise, it's actually very CX5. It has a lot of similar shapes in in the C pillar and the way that the here I'm sounding like you in the C pillar and the way that the that the hatch resolves very oh. CX5 and it is I would say close to the CX5 in in overall scale but Chance made the comment where he said that it, and, and you may even remember how to say it better but you were talking about it almost felt like a like a tall wagon than an SUV it's smaller than you think. It's cool. It's very cool. Looking, it's intriguing the daylights out of me. Yeah. I love the styling. I feel like they've done a better job with Alpha brand coming back than the Maserati brand. I agree with that. Yeah, Don't get me started. Them, to be honest. I, but uh, I'm I'm intrigued because I continue to think, you know, mm -hmm. huh, what's next? What's next? Yeah, I guess next. I get that. And you know, do we? I don't the know. Stelvio was was genuinely interesting. It really was. It was genuinely interesting. And uh, but I was surprised standing there watching it spin. I was like, "That's not as big as I would expect from photos." Yeah. Huh. All right. So start talking to me about favorites. Start talking to me about uh, the exotics. We can go to Porsche now, I well, suppose. Well, we, we should go to Porsche. But before we do that, I, I do want to stop because we we left this before we got to this car. Obviously, it's a big deal car to be at the show. Just one Motor Trends Car of the Year, the Chevy Bolt. Did you sit there. in it? Yep, we did. Was it awesome? I have high hopes for this thing, it, by the way. I really do. I, I have really high hopes because I was talking to somebody in Las Vegas, and they said, my, my Tesla's still on order. Mm -hmm. And I said, we're here. We're at the point in time when you can go buy a Bolt now. Mm -hmm. He said, I just still want the Tesla. And I think, are, we, gonna be a lot of people, yeah. are we treating it like a smartphone or tablets in that you could have an Amazon Kindle or a Fire or a... You know, any number of Samsung tablets or the Samsung phones, mm -hmm. the Google Pixel phone, LG, on and on and on. But I just want the iPhone. Why yeah. is that? I Why do you just level want to I think there's the definitely Tesla? a level of that. So could the Bolt be the contender? I mean, obviously, we need to get in it. We need to shoot this car mm -hmm. as soon as possible. But can, you know, can we start talking about it, this as really what we think it is, so the pr viable alternative? I don't think it, it looks like wheelbase size is not much bigger than the Volt, if it is at all. No. And 
green car you, you of the year. You sit in the car. We both we both did this. Yeah. We, we put the front the driver's seat as far back to where we would sit comfortably. Mm-hmm. Sure. It had plenty of space. You know, no no problems. And then went and sat in the back seat. And I don't know about you, but I had more than enough room to be comfortable. Agreed. I Agreed. wasn't it wasn't yeah. spacious. No, but, but it, it it was it was a nice mm-hmm. decent place to be, especially for dare I say it, especially for a GM current GM product. It was it was. I was actually impressed with it. Well, good point. I'm reading things online here about there's no more caveats or any sentences like blah, blah, blah for an electric car. Mm-hmm. It's good or bad or whatever for an electric car. There's there's no more excuses no, to I be mean, made. It's, Is it's, that true? It's very much Honda fit in size. And I mean that as a compliment. Okay, it's okay. very much Honda I mean, fit we in like size. Fit. Yes, we do. It's not, it's not a, a compelling design. But it's a, it's a good design. It certainly looks interesting. I, well, I think the interior is genuinely interesting. I'm talking about the exterior of it. Yeah. Is, yeah. Is, it's okay looking exterior wise. Yeah. But I think the interior is it. It didn't get all crazy. Look at me. I'm a rolling iPhone like the first generation Volt did. Yeah. They were. It's got a big over, screen. Over. But it most the most time just looks like a normal car. Feels like a normal car. And yet we know it's electric and gets you know over 200 miles on a charge. I think it is a is a great success in what it's trying to be, which is this is my all electric commuter do it all. It's not mm. sexy. It's not sexy. No. But it everything about it, you just get the sense that this is usable and works. So if it drives even halfway decent, that's a victory. Then it's going to be a winner. I, I don't think, but I I genuinely don't know that it's going to pull anybody out of a Tesla Model Three that genuinely wants a Tesla. If what you're looking for is an electric car, exactly. If you're looking for what yeah. you're looking for is genuinely, I want a 200 mile electric car. Problem solved. That's <laughs> gonna but say. If, but if you're tip, like you're saying about the iPhone, if you're t- if you're, t- you're actually shopping for, I want this brand. I want to be associated with this brand. Right. The Bolt's got nowhere to go. It, it, it can't help you. Well, I'm just so curious about it because now we're in the era we've left the Ed Welburn sort of old school design at GM behind, yeah. and Michael Simcoe comes in as the new head of mm-hmm. global design, and um, Brian Nesbitt there as well. He's you know both these guys are into tech and leading GM in a really a new direction, integrating a lot of tech, and I, I feel like everybody at GM is pretty energized by yeah. where things yeah. are going, and I'm just sort of wondering is this the you know, the very beginning of where cool things from GM and are really finely coming that are usable, stylish. I mean, it's 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 one point it, as far as their real is, electric car. But I think it's but I think it's further than one because really, you know, GM did their one back in the nineties. You know, well that's true. That's so true. That was one They have done yeah, this. You're right, and they've got a lot of R and D behind them because of what the Volt did and didn't do. Sure, so and I still think, continues to sell alongside this. Exactly. Which which is I, think, I don't think those names should be that similar. I think that's too confusing. But they are diff- very different products. Mm-hmm. And I was, I'm was i quite genuinely intrigued by it for this commuter world. You know, hmm. um, We need to get a comparison. We need to not only shoot it, but we need to get a comparison going with things like the i3 and maybe even the Prius and just mm-hmm. have a conversation about commuters. It's not going to be a sexy conversation. But I think it's a valid conversation, yeah, and that and that Bolt is it's. Here's the thing: I didn't encounter anything about the Bolt that made me think less of it. I came in with high hopes. It's good news. Banged around in it, sat in it, punched buttons, looked at it, and thought, "No, it holds up so far." Okay. Now we need to drive it. Okay. But it doesn't have a frunk. True. 
What's the, up there? What's the, just the electric, all the running gear? The electric drive unit. That was it's the not an electric term. motor, it's an electric term. drive unit, yes. is what I kept hearing. Yes. Awesome. Usable hatch, though, so that's the trade-off. Yeah. You wanted to know about uh, favorites and race cars and that kind of stuff. Yeah, you, talk right. to me about favorites, things that were now, pleasant surprises, unpleasant surprises, sure. the race cars. We have one, to talk about this Porsche. Before we get to the Porsche, one that we spent a bit of time around was the, the new Aston Martin DB11. Mm -hmm. they had, oh, really? They had one of those there. Mm -hmm. It wasn't okay. in the most flattering color. It, and we, we kind of looked at it, and we were just kind of shaking our heads at it because it, it, it falls under that, that thing you always say, just put the pen down. Yeah, think so? You over-designed it. it does so, huh? It just doesn't work. But then you go and sit in it. And that Money. is Money. That, Yeah, that is probably one of the best <laughs> interiors I've ever been in. Mm -hmm. Really? It's, everything was just That's super nice to touch, praise. nice to look at, yeah. comfortable. It, it's... It speaks to that's where you know you, you like we were talking about last night. You know where your money went when you bought this car. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It has all that with it, and I'm sure it sounds good. And even though it's turbo now, but style, elegance, mm -hmm. you feel good about I, yourself sitting in this thing. I, I mean, guess. all the way back to the original Vantage. You and I drove a V8 Vantage, mm -hmm. you know, six speed a while back, and we were we were talking about how. I remember I mentioned that that interior of that car smelled like one of those fine leather jacket stores. You know, just everything about it just was really nice. The, totally. the DB9 has always been that way. This DB11, I feel like, is a is a vault forward in interior feel and just quality. And the sensation or occasion, if you will, of sitting in the interior was awesome. Now, it's got the same stick-on screen problem that everybody's dealing with now, but at least they yeah. kind of buried it down in a V and made it cool. But I mean the 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 wood around the, the around that screen and the feel of the leather and the way the seat was was designed I was just I was boggled by the interior, which was in sad contrast to the fact I may be alone in this I may be in a minority I don't think this car is attractive. I think it looks like not even a little bit not really not really I think really let me, well let me put it another way, <coughs> independent drops out of the sky interesting looking car, considering where Aston has been the last fifteen years I think it's a step down. It feels to me like the DB9 all road. It just, especially from That's the rear, not, especially from the rear, big. it looks like it's kind of big and raised up on its suspension. And they had a Vanquish sitting next to it, and I would have rather the Vanquish. I mean, the Vanquish looks is alone. just sexy. Yeah. It is yeah. just Yeah, and that, that's what the DB11 is, is missing. It's not, I wouldn't go as far to say it's, it's hideous. I just don't no, it's find not. it doesn't have that sexiness that Audi or that Aston Martin has had the last few years. But th go back to the Vantage. The Vantage remains one of those classic. I, I submit to you the Vantage is in that. I know it's a cliche to bring this up as reference, but I submit to you that the Vantage is in that classic uh, E-type world of simple designs, just rule and hang out and stay timeless. The Vantage, is, for me, is in that is on that list. It's up there. Just the wedge, so now clean we, body side. I, I always thought the Vantage looked better than the DB9. Well, now we've taken the mm. DB9 and we've made it busier. And mm. we've made it look like it's sitting up high on its suspension. And I'm sitting here going, guys, we're going the wrong way. So if we're going to change where we were, I would really like Aston to do, to do a total like reset. This is the new Aston styling. Because I feel like the DB, DB11 is the busier version with more new... Uh, modern lines on it of the DB9 and I'm going that's not the right direction at all yeah and I, I said this earlier too I think they're still trying to they're having a hard time breaking away they, they've been they Ford sold them off years ago now yeah and they're having yeah. a hard time leaving and making that transition of finding their own style and their own mm -hmm. look mm-hmm 
Well, in that category that I will I will dub congratulations, you made it worse. I have to say the Toyota eighty six. Oh no! I just yeah. I, the, well, the, I think there's there's two two ways to look at this though. The outside looks worse. That, mm-hmm. that front end, the mouth guard thing, the, the Ninja Turtle look, I don't know what you want to call yeah, it. It's I don't like it. It's a weird catfish thing going on. Not good. But you sit in it, and the places, like, we both have early cars before mm-hmm. they put the knee very pads early. and those kind of things yeah, yeah, in yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, very early. And, but you sit in this one, and we both said, this is familiar, but it's also nice. Mm-hmm. It's nicer. It still has the same old-looking HVAC controls and things like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the, the things you're touching... Felt nicer, the Alcantara. The, yeah, they've, the they've started to try to address it's, that. It's a little right. more upscale. I agree with that. I mean, fractionally so, but I yeah. do feel like the the interior feels like it got a successful refresh and the exteriors failed. Really? I mean, listeners, this is coming from, you know, of course, two guys that own the car. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. there's no reason for you guys to want the new one, to want the upgrade. And what we've talked about so much is. Everybody's bought Generation 1 uh-huh. and went, okay, you know, if they didn't like the lack of power, they've traded it in. Or if they have, they've done something to it like both of you have now. And you mm-hmm. can get them pretty mm-hmm. reasonably priced now, too. Yes. Reasonably priced. Less than half, yeah. pretty much. Yeah, Unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. So now we're at Generation 1.15 here. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, it's, it's you know, I, yeah. I, I won't give it, you know, that much more because they haven't done anything to the power. Yeah. And they've just done cosmetic stuff. And here you guys are telling me, don't want to upgrade. That's what I'm hearing from you. The materials are nicer. That might be now, the only reason. Say, but if you're coming to this for the first time, if you've heard about the, you know, heard about this car and you're considering mm-hmm, one, mm-hmm. if you're listening and you're considering one of these cars, what would you tell people listening? Get one slightly used. Get the BRZ like you have chance. Mm-hmm. Get the 2013 like you've got, Todd. Well, part of me wonders about what should we tell world, people the here? world where you buy the new one. And you take a front, the front fascia off a wrecked one, where they wrecked the back end, and you and you bolt that front fascia to get rid of the catfish grill of the old FRS onto the front of your new car, and walk away and call it a day. Promptly find out the paint colors are slightly different for the new year. No, it'd be it'd be it'd be a nightmare. I'm not saying this idea will go well. I'm just saying that was what struck me is that mm. that front fascia don't like, and and that little. I don't know another way to describe it, but there's that little quarter panel, like, side blade arrow thing that's mm-hmm. right underneath the mirror. Where the portals should go. Exactly. There you go. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. where, where Buick would put portals. Right there. I've never liked the one on the BRZ, which has this kind of metallic blade. I really like the one on my car, the FRS. Yeah, the horizontally opposed. And it's got the horizontally opposed little yeah. icon on it. Yeah. They decided to go neither of those ways. They've gone a way that looks like a worse version of what's currently on the BRZ. I'm going, guys, what... I... Uh, I mean, we're all talking fine, fine details here, obviously, but I was disappointed by that, and so that was on my disappoint list. Mm. I wonder if there's anything else uh, while we're railing on stuff. What is anything else that while we're, we're railing on Toyota? You mean? Uh, no, actually, you know what? Here's here's something that I have to say that I was shocked by. Honda Civic Si, big oh, reveal. they had it there, yeah, but big, it was still the, the, show car. Big reveal. Well, they had not quite production. Yeah. The, I sat into it, and of course, what did I do? I sat into it. It's a six-speed. I put the clutch yeah. in. I moved the, the gear stick, and then I realized something crazy. The shifter is one of those glorious Honda six-speeds. Like Perfect. channeling an S2000 kind yes. of feel? Mm-hmm. Awesome. But I got out of it, and I said the chance. I said, do me a favor. Get in that car and try to heel-toe it. Uh-oh. 
It, it's possibly the worst heel toe uh, placement I have encountered it, on a, on a sports car. And look, I, I have clown feet. I, I wear a size 12 shoe, and I was struggling to get my feet over onto this gas pedal from the brake. It, it's just so it's it clearly makes no sense. still a Civic, not completely changed and consulting all the people that worked on the S2000 program because they've probably now, retired by now. I was so shocked, though, at the dichotomy between how does this shifter feel this awesome? And there's got to be four to five inches between the brake pedal and the gas pedal. And the brake pedal, when depressed, the gas pedal was still closer to the floor. So it created this, I don't even know how to heel-toe this quickly because there's such a huge wrench I can do to my foot. Look, we're into track-driving car idiot yeah, minutia Yeah, I mean, it can here. sound like we're being super negative on some of these things, but the, the hot performance cars, especially the heralding of the, I was, the new SI, everybody's waiting for it. We're bated breath over here because of the dearth of mm -hmm. hot hatches in the u.s this is the legitimate next yes. thing and for you to be telling me that they just hotted up a civic and forgot to refine the pedal box from manual transmission cars for enthusiasts that's a legitimate nitpick i feel like yeah i mean heel toe True. should heel toe should go with that gearbox if it moves that well i want to drive this now i want to drive it i want to heel toe oh wait i can't Wow, wow. So was this production? Was this still full production or was this it, still it being prototype teased? on the little license plate the thing that they put on the back of the car so I it I mean I think it's yeah. that it's that last gasp of, you know, I'm sure there'll be little refinements, but it's not like this was a this was a show car. This was, you know, headed to production. We're, we're pretty close, you know what I mean? Pretty, it's that level. But they, will they still change, I don't know. They they had the type R next to it, which we we hoped to be able to compare the two to see if yeah. they, mm -hmm. they were any different, but they had, unfortunately, we weren't able yeah, to. Yeah, that was locked. locked. I wanted to get but, in that and play with the pedals there, but I was, I, I bring it up because I was so shocked by that. I was genuinely shocked by it. Because I'm excited about the Civic. Oh, I, you're, you're showing me pictures, and you've gone silent uh, because you're just you're sighing at pictures no, of, no, the, of here, the Porsche. Here's the irony. This is probably the last part we're going to talk about for the auto show, but this is the first place we went when we got there. True. Of course it was. <laughs> well, but it's surprising, <laughs> but not me. True, true. But I do have to say, we came Sheesh. in the door, and we and where we the door that we came in, we were looking for a bathroom first, and we were looking for a bathroom then because uh, we'd been in the car forever <laughs> to get to the convention center. Like years of my life are gone getting in, to the convention in center. In a Prius, in a yeah, Prius, exactly with bad seats. But so we're looking for a bathroom, and I and I realized. Where we were headed, the closest bathroom was across the hallway from the entrance of the Porsche booth. So we came out of the bathroom, we looked at each other and went, yeah, let's just start a Porsche. Guess, guess we'll start here. <laughs> of course you will. I just want everybody to see the photos that are online of the new RSR race car, Porsche design, timepieces, Porsche design products. I, I, I did yeah. notice that this on the is car. Where, yeah. This is the stuff that I love right know, there. And they're advertising on the new SR, which is a mid-engine car it's a mid-engine 991 it is mid-engine to the point that when you look into it and you look at those race seats about an inch behind the backs of the driver's seat is the firewall yeah it's a roll cage firewall Unbelievable. they have shoved it forward and the diffuser i, I don't know another way to describe this the rear diffuser is so enormous it looks like somebody prototyped it with a refrigerator box. It is huge. <laughs> it's this they, monstrous they thing. They shoved a big giant dustpan underneath. It's what they did. All in an effort to win. Better for winning. I, I Bring guess it on, so. baby. The, the, 
it's really cool to see, I mean, you know, I know it's sacrilege and whatever, blah, blah. Really cool to see a mid-engined, truly mid-engined 911. I feel like this is what you've really been doing for 50 years, is <laughs> trying to figure out how we can legitimately make this car. I actually wonder, look, I'm going to go, go tacky for a second. So they've gotten closer and closer all the way. To, I mean, watch our 50 years of 911 film because we keep talking about the steady movement of the engine. And then they have the 991, which is almost mid-engine to begin with. Now they've gone there with the race car. There's a part of me that goes, when you release, they'll probably call it the 968, who knows, or 967, or something, some nomenclature that makes no sense. When they release the next 911, I wonder if Porsche will be like, well, you know, we made that mid-engine race car, so let's just make the 911 mid-engine now and just say it's always been that way. I wonder if this is the bridge point. No, well, it's they, got, they it encroaches on the said, back seats. And they right? specifically said that they have no intention of making this into a street car. The street car is going to remain rear-engined. Sure, and the biggest sure. reason why they did it was so that they can fit that monster of a diffuser underneath the car because the engine was in the way. And, and all their competition and all of the Le Mans yeah. series, the yeah. Asia Le Mans, and all of yeah. them are the, all against mid-engine cars. And I'm a lot more indoctrinated into racing than you guys are, but I've seen a lot of chatter on people saying, well, how, how are they doing this and it's still being legal mm -hmm. within the race series mm -hmm. rules? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, I, it turns out that the way they divide the cars that set them up is they basically split the car in half, and whichever side of the car the, in, the engine sits on, front or back, is where it needs to be. It doesn't matter how far. It has to stay far, there to stay production. It, it doesn't matter how far forward or back it sits oh, within that box. It just yeah, needs well, to be within yeah. that box. Because I was gonna hear ask this clever question about what's gonna happen to the Corvette race car. Mm -hmm. Are they gonna do mid-engine for that, and then keep and the could, front for based the, on this? They could do mid-front. They well, could do mid-front. The cars almost, almost kind of is. Anyway. Yeah, the exactly. outgoing Corvette race car, the Daytona prototype race cars, anyways, were a well, mid-engine. Yeah, they're completely those are different animal, but they're yeah. still the furthest Corvette, thing from a Corvette. Yeah. We yeah, yeah, we yeah. put the sticker on, and that's right. that's as close as we it's come. It's a Corvette. It, see, it's got the it's branding. Got the headlights. See, yeah. Yeah. see the Chevy bow tie. <laughs> see. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, what else, guys? Before we jump into Facebook questions, we should do a couple Facebook questions. I I have to say, I got in the new Panamera. Yeah. You know what struck me when I walked up to that car? Nothing. They they fixed it by looking at the Audi A7. True. Okay. And that's when not you a bad stand, thing. No, and it's not a no, bad thing. No, no, we no. We like the Audi A7. I'm all for that. But but you know we've talked about how the back hasn't worked. They've fixed the back now. But I walked up to it coming up from the front driver's side quarter panel, and I stopped to look at it, kind of even with the front wheel. And I was looking from that angle at the back, and I realized that's the exact same approximate shape as the A7 from this angle. Hmm. So it's like they looked at the A7 and went, huh, they did it right. Let's, let's, Works let's super that. well yeah. on the A7. That and the roof line is very, I think, Tesla Model S-esque. Even more. Even more so than it yeah. was before. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree with so, that. And they took, you know, again, you just sit in the back seat, though? Mm -hmm. I mean, yep. still plenty of space, all still that stuff? Still plenty of space. I have to say... Did they encroach a little bit on it to, to gain it, uh, the, honestly, the stylistic not that I can tell. Not that I can tell. It had to be kind of a back-to-back -back thing to really know. It's not like I got it and went, wow, this is different. It's, okay. It just okay. feels like... You know, it feels like they got it right now, which is good. It's a beautiful place to sit. It's all now a piano black screened nightmare, though. And I it, and it, I wonder, I, I mean, I'm sitting there with the car sitting there dead. Nothing's turned on. Sure. So the car feels remarkably stark like that. And I have to say, it made me kind of miss the buttons. I do like buttons because it's, of that it's tactile. It's visual interest, too. And it's also that memory reality of, you mm -hmm. remember, that button is always here. It will never move. That button does this. I know there's tons of people that have talked about 
too many buttons. It's festooned with buttons. I can't deny that, but I submit once you learn it, it's nice. Yeah. Now it's a bunch of black screens and piano black, and I'm just and going. Sub- I, did, I don't know. I did notice though, if you looked at the right angle, you can kind of see the overlays for for what the, where the buttons should be. Oh sure. So I, I did notice yeah, yeah. that, but you mentioned I, I pointed this out to you too that there were no buttons up front, but in the back seat, for whatever reason, instead of following the same same trend, yeah. they had buttons for the heated seats. Yeah. In the back seat, you have in buttons to interact with. In I the front seat, because you're going to get in and go, yipes! <laughs> Where's my heated seat? There it is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Could you scroll to submenu four and find me my heated seat? For... No, there it is, button. Like the yeah. Prius clock. I mean, yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, there's funny. a whole separate thing. Last car I wanted to mention before we hop on was I got into the base Alpha Julia. Oh, they had one. about the base. They had one on a turnstile, by the way, in a blue that I am in love oh, with. Was, was it that dark blue? That no, dark blue? No, no, they have, a, they have a dark blue. This is almost like the blue like your GTS. It's that really? kind of brighter blue. Really? It looked fantastic on that car. I think that's the color for that car. But I got into a base model. Okay, okay. Of course, we aren't getting the manual in this country, which is too bad. Let me see that thing here. I haven't, I haven't touched that up yet. but that's... Oh, wow. But I got into that's it. So it wasn't close. that color, but I got into the base model. And it's automatic with paddle shifters. These paddle shifters, I've got to post a picture on Facebook. <laughs> they double as antlers. They're the biggest paddle shifters I've ever seen in my life. They are huge. I'll bet you I shifters. can tell you why. It's for when you're turning the wheel. They're attached to the column, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. Unlike the theory of yeah. leave them on the wheel. So therefore, does that make it more of a driver's car that they're, they're attached they're to moose, the column? They're moose antlers. <laughs> they're these huge. They've so got, when you're they've got quarter to be nine turn, inches, you can still these grab huge them. Things. That's not a bad funny, thing, though. I, I'm not though. saying bad, but it was just, I, I got it, it was literally sitting there thinking, huge. these are the largest paddles I've ever seen in a car. <laughs> what was interesting, though, the one that I sat in was a couple cars over. It was a little bit, we think it was more of the luxury version, maybe. It was version, toward, maybe. toward luxury, yeah, definitely. And it, it didn't have paddles at all. Mm-hmm. It was just the, the stick. It wasn't a manual, but it was mm-hmm. just the, the you stick. You could just move the stick shift, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. That was fair. But the thing that I was... It, very intrigued by, and I mean this as a compliment, but I sat there, I sat there for a second and thought, why does this feel familiar? What is it about this interior that feels familiar? And then I realized it feels like a Mazda interior right now. Vent shapes, material choices, shapes of things in the interior feel a lot like Mazda, which is really interesting. So, and I, and I mean that as a compliment because I like what Mazda's doing, but I was shocked that that was the brand that struck me. Of all the brands you would think, oh, this is cross-referenced with what? Oh, it's Mercedes. It's No, Mazda is what struck me sitting really? in the Julia. Really? But I liked yeah. it. The back seats weren't the most comfortable, but the front seats were nice. I like the look of it. It's a nice place to be. I want to drive that car. I'm very oh, intrigued. And I want to drive that base one. I really do. I mean, everybody comes away from, especially the LA Auto Show, saying, eh, there wasn't much new, blah, blah, I wasn't too impressed. I didn't feel like that this year. Just yeah. still from afar, were you guys feeling like that? Well, I mean, there's, there's the thing I love about it, and I love about auto, uh, auto Show press days, is the ability to do what we're talking about and to climb into things. I mean, look, I'd much rather be driving, of course, but to climb into things back-to-back, unrestricted, and really talk about what works, what doesn't, mm-hmm. in an environment where all you have to worry about is the, the weird stuff we're talking about. Hey, I can't heel toe this. Wow, this seat is terrible. Stuff that when we're running and gunning, we might have time for. And we certainly mm-hmm. don't have time to do yeah. it and then jump into its direct competitor 30 seconds later and then wait, there's four other competitors. I'll get into those right now. I love that about this auto show. <laughs> yeah. you know? Right, right, right. 
Very cool. All right. Well, I uh, yeah, I wish I could be there, but I guess uh, the ultimate thing that we're walking away with is we got to go drive all these and, mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. start putting our comparisons start putting the shopping together. Shopping list together. Yeah. yeah. No kidding. Awesome. Awesome. No kidding. I want to get into that bolt. I just I'm I do too. deeply I do too. intrigued to leave yeah. the Prius in the background parked while we drive the i3 and the bolt back and forth <laughs> on camera and the and the Prius is just slightly out of focus in the back and just remains parked and not even referenced it's just there just, and like just there I saw a frame of a Prius that went by and like what that's funny. <laughs> How come you guys never? So we were, have yeah. we have lots of Facebook questions. Thank you guys for diving in. I picked out three. I didn't know if there were any that, that struck you, Paul, or any that struck you, Chance. But uh, one of the ones I want to start with. Nick twenty five asked, "Is there a car where you prefer the previous generation over the current one?" And he actually tried to get ahead of us and said, "You can't talk about the Evo with its prior seats or the or the <laughs> that's GTA." That's still the yeah, same generation. I, I didn't, finish, I didn't even finish reading this question, and I instantly went there. And yeah. he, he the yeah. talk reminded me. He also oh, said, refer, "Yeah, he, he, he took the FRS out of contention." Of course, we've already talked about that. Yep. But Nick, I say to you, the Miata. I like the NC more than I like the ND. Really? Yeah. Just overall? Yeah, overall. I'm sure you can overall. identify there little are, things. There are little things about the ND that I like, but NC over ND for me. I definitely mm. would say that. Hmm. Yeah, I'm thinking in terms of, I guess, uh, styling. I guess mm-hmm. I come back to styling and, and uh, Japanese cars. They just seem to continually get crazier and crazier. And so I want the previous generation because it's fine as a car mm-hmm. and it's just pulled back and a little bit more tasteful and it just seems like we're way out there in terms of eye catching and it's just got to be so nuts mm, to mm. stand out and I I submit to you the more refined and S2000 we go simple yeah simple clean, but, but clean. Yeah. and yeah, yeah, yeah. they're great the Japanese and the Koreans are great at surface transitions they've just forgotten that I mm, think mm. and they've gone too far they've gone crazy I also would say, and I know, I know there is a large contingent of people that don't agree with me. Most people don't agree with me. You won't agree with me. I like the 997 more than the 991-911. The 991 is staggeringly capable. Yeah. But because I'm a guy that likes smaller cars, I mean, our, we talk about this in our 50 Years of 911 film. I prefer the 997, personally. Just in terms of size around you? Size, and I prefer the steering feel. Well, what about the 993 then? If we're going to just a little bit more snug and tough. Sure, and 993 is awesome. And... I'm not a guy that, that worships at the feet of the air cooled engine, and the 993 prices are so completely out of all realms of They're reality that I care. Right now. The 997, I feel like, is the sweet spot <laughs> that, that really is a lot of that 993 goodness with a realistic price point, you know? I really like the I mean, We drove that GT3 RS40. That yeah, remains right, in right. one of my top five favorite cars ever. <laughs> well, I've come on, ever. that's up there. That's, I know, but but what I'm saying to you is, when you think about how good the current GT3 is, which we've also driven, the yeah. 991 GT3, staggeringly it's good brilliant, car. Brilliant, I'd get in the 4.0. Yeah, that was pretty good. I mean, at the top end, I I mean. I have the benefit of liking them all because yeah. I'm like because <laughs> you get to be Porsche guy. I can yes, say sure do. or no or yeah. you know. So what else do we have, guys, on questions? Well, my guess about Eric Friend's question here: the most used word at the auto show, even though I wasn't there, Eric, I bet you the most used word was electric. That's a ton of that. It's a ton of the electric, right? and electric, the, and hybrid, the eco, hybrid, all that. Still, that kind of stuff. Yeah. it'll we, still dominate. Here's the thing, though: we avoid we avoid the press reveals. 
Wherever the press reveal is <laughs> happening, we go to the other side of the show because that's where you can get into cars because nobody's over there. So we didn't get to hear all the PR speak about, you know, why their car is like a insert whatever. Because then you're going to go back and regurgitate it on the podcast or the video or whatever. And, and we want to draw and our And the marketing team has done their job. They've gotten yeah, the message yeah, out. Yeah, exactly. We want to draw our conclusions. But the other thing about it is there's so many outlets that will cover the news and they'll cover exactly what was said on the press thing. We don't need to. And it allows us to, to wander around. So we didn't hear a lot of the marketing speak, which is mm. nice. So I can't speak to how many of them use the same word in that regard. What were you going to say, Chance? No, that, that's kind of what I was thinking, too. We, as much as we want to hear all that same information, it's just as easy to go online and look at the press release and, yeah, and true. not have true, to true. worry about sitting through it. And and we can actually use that our time and sit in other things and, yeah. and yeah, yeah. spend time with them. and. Um, there's one in here that I won't go too much on, but Greg Scandalbury always has good questions for us. Greg, well done. Uh, the Di Divergent Blade, did you check out the Divergent Blade? Yes. Yeah. And? Well, it was interesting because it, it has the Elio idea of tandem seating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's really cool. It's got major presence. And of course, it's whole, you know, party pieces. We 3D printed this, which I think, I, I want to clarify something real quick. I think when people hear we 3D printed a car, they think we walked into a huge room with a monster printer and Terminator style, we just, we started at one end and out of the little nozzle came a car and we yeah, printed like it a, in its Like entire. a local motor's approach. That's not what happened. No. <laughs> we printed all of the panels, the pieces, the body panels. We printed stuff out of it and bolted all that stuff together. We, it, it, for another way to put it, it's almost like we 3D printed Legos and then went and built a car. Yeah, yeah. I, Instead I think, of stamping it, you printed it. It's, yeah. yeah, so I think people... And it's easy to think that they hear 3D printed and they think, "Wow, you just you just pressed a button and a car appeared." It's nah, magic. Not really. It, it is magic. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but but it was very interesting. The tandem seating in it was good. I mean, it had it's a significantly larger car than the Elio, and it's a four seat car. Um, it looked really good. It looks great. It looks, it has, it looks great. It looks but really it exists good. in that startup. I mean, it had the cool, flashy video playing with all the people that are involved to make this happen. It's so in the beginning beta stages that how real is this yet, you know? It is. I will submit and Greg uh, tell you about uh, my company, Autodesk, and the stuff that we're doing with Within Labs. That was an acquisition by Autodesk, and that is the future of 3D printing and automotive. Mm. It's all about lightweighting parts that from the exterior look the same, but they're no longer solid. They're mm -hmm. grown and that's the only way to manufacture them is 3D printing. You can't mm. pull that mm. out of a mold. Mm. Sure. You can't sure, sure, cast sure. that. But with 3D printing on a commercial scale, it's going to titanium, mm -hmm. liquid titanium, and being able to 3D print that with lightweighted parts. Some of them might be, you might be able to see some exposed, and it'll be, Greg, just particular parts. It's not going to be all of the car. Mm -hmm. There's still mm -hmm. a, an economy of scale for sheet metal stamping, injection molding, all that stuff. But certain crucial parts, maybe frame parts that you won't see, it's going to be 3D printed because batteries, the weight of batteries mm -hmm. and electric mm -hmm. and all that stuff. It's fascinating what yeah, we're yeah, doing yeah. there. And well, it's amazing. Generative design frames. It's wow. And then 3D printing the entire frame out of titanium on a a commercial industrial scale wow. we're already doing that and it mm. blew mm. me away this week it's well, just amazing there were two versions sitting there one was a full bodied you know looked like a streetcar version and the other one was just the skin you know I mean just the skeleton mm -hmm. the skin removed and we were both noting what you're saying they had some major structural parts that were mesh I mean they were metal mesh but it was <laughs> it was a network of mesh 
instead of being a solid part. Kind yeah, of, yeah, yeah, yeah. Instead of being a solid part. Yeah, Greg, if you want some more information or anybody listening wants some more, go to hackrod.com. And there's a project on there hmm. by the former director of design for Mattel Hot Wheels and Mouse from Bandito Brothers, who did all the, the Hot Wheels jumps, the record-setting jumps a few years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're working on this Hackrod project, and it's a generative design frame that they're 3D mm. printing and oh. building a car. Unbelievably fascinating and well worth your, your time if you're interested. Uh, Damien wrote in and said he's 18 and he'd like to come to a track day. Is he old enough? Yes, Damien, you are. Uh, most uh, track days in the U.S., it's just got to be a licensed driver. So that's the big thing. In fact, uh, you're even old enough you could do European track days because most of those places have got, hint, hint, most of those places have got 18-year-old uh, 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 beginning driving. So you, you're definitely old enough. In fact, there's a lot of uh, tracks that give uh, early drivers, I mean, like drivers that are 15, just about turn 16, you can do like new driver training. And those things are always way beyond your basic training. They're good stuff in skid cars. So there's that. You also asked a question that made me laugh, Damien. You said, what do you guys do on the days you're not podcasting? Um, <laughs> everything else involved with the show. I mean, we have to podcast, <laughs> and we enjoy it. Look, you guys send in at EverydayDriverTV at Gmail. You can keep sending them there. You send in plenty of car debates. We're obviously not doing one tonight, but uh, we do get enough car debates, and there's enough going on. We could, and we can clearly talk. We could do a podcast every night as far as content's concerned, but that takes me away from the editing room. It takes us away from scheduling and responding to you guys. I mean, there's a lot of correspondence that happens. There's a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff that happens that keeps the show running. All of that has to get done. I'm up every night late anyway editing. I step away from that to do the podcast. I mean, I'm clearly, we're clearly not sitting on our hands here when, oh, we're not podcasting tonight. <laughs> Let's go watch a movie. That's not he happening. Was, he was looking yeah. for more of the, a lot of daytime television, a lot of ice cream. Yeah. Soap poppers. Yeah, a lot yeah. of that. We just kind of sit around and, oh, yeah, we should do more. But, <laughs> no, we're, we're pretty maxed at this point. We'd, we'd love to. We've, we've batted around the ideas. But, uh, yeah, just with travel and, and everything going else with uh, going on with families and, yeah. you know, free time as well. So. There's all the life Day stuff that happens, and, too. Yeah, yeah, there's all, all the life stuff that happens. I mean, hopefully stuff. we'll end up doing more podcasts. You may have already noticed. In fact, the day we're recording this, we were, not, we were not, not only just at the auto show, but we also reposted our podcast with Jason Pinsky from Engineering Explained on the YouTube channel. It's not going to be a common thing, but we thought some of our guest podcasts will repost there. So some of you that may not have heard the podcast before, have found it now. We're glad to have you, uh, because you saw it that way. Polius Shilinskis. I hope I'm not butchering that you too badly. butchered that handily, uh, my friend. Well Polius, uh, I thought that was pretty funny on here, because he's poking fun at you for yes. dicing up and slicing the onion thinly on every other product that is in your life. As I do. Yeah, this yes. made me laugh Appliances. when I read this earlier. Polius, I will say it does get that way when it comes to camera gear. Todd will come to me with endless ideas about, well, I just read this about, the, we got to do this, and it's... On and on about the lenses and the yeah, that's true. You know, on that's and on true. because he is sitting there and looking at the final product and knowing newer technology or more mm -hmm. expensive technology will get us better blank in yeah. the edit room, yeah, yeah, that's fair. and that is entirely in an effort to bring you better quality across the board. But of course, we have to rectify that against budgets and 
you know, it's all that money. stuff. So. It's only money. You know, well, just, so, yeah, let's go buy stuff. Why not? Yeah. I'm tying this in. You know, that's why we appreciate your Patreon dollars, everybody who contributes. And uh, we, we do appreciate when you do the, the ad blockers. That helps us. When you don't do the when, ad when blockers. When you don't do the ad blockers. That's right. That. Sorry, yeah. sorry. Yes. When you yes. when you acknowledge the ad blockers and, and turn yeah. them off. Yeah. So we that helps us greatly, but... Uh, Kinda. He he's always kind of done that, and uh, well, I mean, I, mean, I have funny. a tendency to get into products that I like, and I end up can talk myself in and out of the same product, and can talk myself into <laughs> into a, into a bit of a circle. But you know, Paul ends up being back poking it back at you. Paul ends up being very picky, and all of Paul's stuff in his life is very nice. So it's not just Porsches, folks. If Porsche made refrigerators, Paul would have one of those, and I'm sure it would be wonderful. <laughs> Man, but, would that be fast yeah. and cold and. <laughs> Whatever that would be. The water would be delicious. It would be needlessly stainless steel and overly... Would it be delicious you know, or yeah. oily? I don't know. No. Nicely <laughs> done. Nicely done. Would, would your refrigerator be water or air-cooled? There's the... Yeah, there you go. Oh. Yeah, anyway. Um, oh. We should probably wrap this up. Uh, I do want to go with one other question. Do you have one, though, Chance, that you wanted to hit? Uh, I guess the only one that, that we haven't really touched on was... Peter Ronis. Yeah, that was one I wanted to he do too. He asked going. which manufacturers failed to show up at the auto show, and the last few years we've we've noted this, we've talked about it mm-hmm, before. Mm-hmm. The big companies like the big exotic high end companies, yes. like Rolls Royce, mm-hmm. Ferrari, Lamborghini, McLaren, Bentley. Mm-hmm. They none of them come. They you'd think they'd show up because we're in L.A. This is yeah, like their yeah, bread yeah, yeah. and butter, you know. Mm-hmm. But for they instead they they do these private parties where they invite very specific clientele and very specific members of the media yeah. to to come talk see their new products and yeah. for example, Lamborghini yesterday or two days ago showed a new version of the Huracan rear wheel drive Spider mm-hmm. here mm-hmm. in L A somewhere yeah but it was not an L- at the it was an L A it was an L A reveal but it was at a private party and it was not at the auto show and they won't they won't, the, the most exotic brand that shows up at the auto show is Porsche and maybe Maserati depending upon mm. how you want to count but uh, everybody else is is a no-show I mean you know Mercedes and BMW oh. and all well, those Aston are there Martin I guess is, is exotic Aston they're, I suppose they're there, so. yeah. well but the Astons they're, they're were there through, as part of Galpin the yeah, Astons weren't there as, as Astons individually oh, so that was right. the thing the Alpin, Galpin had a ton of stuff and then of course there's this this extra hall that is all aftermarket parts, and of course every exotic you can think of is in the aftermarket thing with you know 35 inch oh, wheels sure. and an extra so plenty of Ferraris and Lamborghinis, but but that's not yeah. none of that is the actual uh, you know manufacturer back thing. And, the, and Lamborghini used to come, and you could get into on Presta, you could get into all the Lamborghini models. They did. They haven't come in years. So it's interesting. I feel like they are conspicuously absent in a market like L.A. They're here. Just not at the show. Well, I suppose you know they've got to be very, very strategic about their they clearly are their clientele. Yeah. They know yeah. who's paying, and the rest of us ain't. Yeah, we're, we're just there to ogle the cars and love on them. But yeah, we are. You know, they're just they they want to make sales. They've got to sell products. So yeah. I kind of don't blame them, even though I want them at the show. Mm-hmm. I want them out there. Mm-hmm. I think it'd be. Yeah healthy but it's a huge investment for them to do that so i get that we've had a super long podcast well over an hour uh clearly we could ramble on more and more about the la auto show we hope this was somewhat informative to you we will be back uh next week with uh, we've actually got some cool special guests next week talking about the grand tour because that's out now we're going to watch that this weekend hopefully you will too we're going to have some discussion about the behind the scenes on the grand tour next week we'll be back 
uh, both Tuesday and Friday as normal. So uh, thank you for joining us. Yep, thank you very much, guys. Swinging back to the edit room, the Icon film is in production. It is coming along nicely. Yes. Todd's looking at me with... Uh, Quizzical eyebrows and, and yeah, we've uh, got to start looking at rough cuts and, <laughs> and there's we'll we got there. yeah we got to get there quick. And all don't, right, don't forget to follow us Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all those places. Yeah, guys, Chance is doing an amazing job for us on all the social media stuff. So please watch and that. Lately, I've been posting icons, icon video clips. That's true. So yep. there's some, okay. some teasers on there for you. Yep. Awesome. Well, guys, thank you as always for watching, for listening, and until next time, cheers. Uh,